Andy Media. Well, you're right, Alex. On the surface, it can appear as though Greek politics uh, is unchanged since January. But, of course, uh, there has been a massive shift in that uh, the election was held after a pretty cataclysmic uh, climax in Greek politics, uh, which was a referendum on accepting a, the terms of austerity um, proposed by uh, Greece's creditors, uh, the European in the European Union, uh, and uh, and then uh, which resulted in a resounding vote against signing up to that agreement. And then within a week, uh, Alexis Tsipras uh, signed a third memorandum, which is ra- uh, widely regarded as the harshest of the three that Greece uh, has signed up to in the last five years. Uh, and so this election was really a test of uh, uh, and um, of that. However, oddly, the well, not oddly, um, but uh, Syriza did not really run on uh, uh, advocating for the agreement. It was a campaign very much based on the personalities of uh, the leaders of the parties. Um, at, a pot between Alexis Tsipras, the leader of Syriza, and uh, Memorakis, uh, who is the leader of New Democracy. Uh, and I think Syriza posed itself as the lesser evil uh, to implement the agreement. And I think it, I think the fact that they were able to main, largely maintain their vote uh, reflects a deep-seated resignation uh, throughout society that... Uh, there's there's no alternative uh, mm. but to have signed on to um, the agreement. So it's not a ringing endorsement for that agreement, but a profound sense of uh, there was no alternative um, course for Cyprus and that he is perceived as at least standing up to the creditors uh, much more than uh, New Democracy, and as you mentioned, Pass Off, which has never recovered, his vote has never recovered mm. um, from when it was in government uh, in 2010. Mm. Colleen, uh, you were reporting from uh, Greece uh, a, a few, well, only a few weeks ago, really, for Red Flag uh, a newspaper. Uh, you mentioned the referendum there, in which the Oxy vote or the No vote received 61% of the uh, 61% of the vote. Could you compare and contrast for us? You know, the, the, I guess the popular mood in Greece around that time it seemed like a very triumphant mood. Uh, there was a, a, a mood of mass resistance to austerity at that time, and, and compare and contrast that uh, period with, I suppose, what many are saying is is now a sense of defeat and disillusionment uh, following this election. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing to be a part of a society that was so deeply politicised. Um, during the referendum week, everybody was talking about politics and there was this real mood of hope uh, and also a sense of defiance because ordinary people knew that uh, the major institutions in Greek society and in uh, among the European establishment as a whole were against them and yet they really uh, wanted to draw a line. Uh, that then was, uh, I, I think, climax. Uh, obviously, with the victory, the sense of euphoria on the night of the uh, of, of July 5th when they won the referendum, uh, which then evaporated uh, within the week um, when Cyprus announced 
the compromises that he was prepared to make and then did make. I mean, one of the things that stays with me is the way that people express their disappointment, just the the way their voices dropped. Um, And that very quickly can uh, be transformed into just a sense of cynicism and pessimism and disengagement. Um, And that's really what the left is fighting against, um, is that sense of, you know, people wanting to give up, think um, that if Theresa couldn't do it, uh, given that they stood on on the basis of being implacably opposed to austerity um, in January, uh, then it's not possible uh, to do it. And, you know, we just did not see anything like the scenes in January when Theresa were first elected, um, replicated uh, Sunday week ago when the results were announced. The celebrating was confined to the official um, Theresa tents and, you know, their base of the party is uh, um, very different to what it was then. They've suffered a significant split uh, since the election um, was announced with uh, thousands of militants going over to, as you mentioned, the new party that's been formed, Popular Unity. Hmm. Yeah, I'll get to the question of popular unity in a moment, uh, Colleen, but of course there is another dimension to the political story in Greece beyond uh, elections. Greece has famously seen a long series of general strikes in recent years, as well as workplace occupations, including perhaps most significantly a workers' takeover of ERT in 2013, the, the national public broadcaster that was briefly closed down by the Conservative government led by Antonis uh, Samaras. There's also been a flowering of community-initiated free medical services, food distribution uh, collectives uh, and, and the like. So I mean, you're expressing really, I guess, a bit of pessimism there but uh, as to what happens next. But what do you think, uh, I suppose, in the, in the longer term, the next even year or two, what are the prospects for a, a revival of, of that sort of self-activity, that sort of radical uh, political struggle in all its forms? Or do you think, you know, as you've sort of intimating before, that popular mood will remain one of, of disillusionment and defeat? Well, I think it's certainly shifted, but the issue is that the measures are uh, only at the beginning stages of being implemented and felt throughout society. And Theresa uh, can avoid the question of the agreement, but people can't avoid it in their lives. And uh, the other thing is that the IMF estimate that Greece's debt uh, ratio to GDP will actually increase again to 200% and that Greece uh, will sink further into recession over the next 12 months. So this is not a stable society by any means. Uh, there are... Uh, campaign groups that have been established in neighbourhoods and workplaces uh, among the existing activist milieu to uh, fight every manifestation of the agreement that they can, uh, where they'll be successful, where they're able to uh, inspire some resistance, we can't say at, um, at this point, but uh, you know, certainly the terrain now has, will shift from the uh, focus on the elections and the parliamentary uh, struggle to um, the struggle at the grassroots level. Uh, And I think uh, you mentioned the general strikes and the the very high level of struggle um, that peaked in Greece uh, in uh, between 2010 and 2012. 
Uh, and the activists there talk about the struggle being frozen between 2012 and 2015 with an expectation that Syriza would be elected in the next election because they came so close in, in 2012. And there was a sense that, well, we have tried through our own struggles to uh, stop the memorandums going through. They weren't strong enough, so we need a political solution. Mm. We've now seen that question, I suppose, worked through. And it's been a very bitter experience, but it's an experience that uh, will be debated out over the coming months uh, and I think will deepen the experience of certainly the left and, uh, and should the struggle revive, uh, you know, the wider um, working class movement uh, will, you know, um, be... Uh, more mature uh, for having lived through this uh, this experience. As traumatic as it has been, uh, it is certainly it certainly offers a lot more uh, lessons than you know had uh, there been no Syriza, no struggle, no referendum campaign. That leads me in a sense to my next question. Uh, we both mentioned popular unity, that the breakaway left-wing formation from Syriza, unfortunately they lost all 25 of their MPs that had joined the new party only a few weeks prior to the election. They received 2.9% of the votes, an impressive result in a sense given how young and under-resourced the party is, but not enough to secure the 3% threshold required to win seats. Uh, the left outside of Syriza generally, is a, it's a very complex mosaic, isn't it, with groups like Antasia, the old Communist Party, and various Trotskyist and anarchist groups vying for an audience. Sort of touched on it already a bit, but, but give us your take on the, on the possibility of some form of united a struggle, united organisational forms coming out of this uh, process among those left forces outside of Syriza. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned the complexity of the Greek left, um, and it is, in a sense, uh, it, it signals something that's very strong about it, which is that it's a very—it's it, the largest uh, grouping of activists uh, in Europe uh, in terms of you know people organised around far-left uh, politics of one stripe or another, uh, and so there's great promise there, and uh, you know the. The, their determination and political framework mean that even when in society more generally there can be a pressure to disengage from politics, you know, for people who've been involved in politics for many years, uh, you know, they can carry on. And so I think what we're seeing is a reconstitution of uh, the broader left. Uh, of many have joined Popular Unity, uh, both from... Uh, that have left from Syriza, but also uh, some who, uh, some groupings that were previously a part of Antisea, uh and some campaign groups have joined uh, Popular Unity. And I think uh, it's not a finished, uh, Popular Unity is not, is by far finished as a uh, uh, political organisation um, in terms of what it will look like in the future. As you say, it formed, you know, it formed within a matter of weeks during the election campaign, and people need to appreciate that the process of the breakdown of Syriza is still going on. Uh, people continue to leave, and the uh, and there are those that some who have left that haven't yet joined Popular Unity that are waiting to see 
what its full program looks like, uh, what sort of party structures they put in place uh, that have just, you know, had an arm's length attitude to it so far, being such a new um, grouping. They want to see that it's not going to make the same mistakes that Theresa um, made, for example. So I think uh, that process of the reconstitution of the left is far from over. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the debate uh, will have to take account of why popular unity came so close to mm. reaching the 3% threshold to uh, have um, elected, you know, um, up to 10 or more uh, MPs um, had they sort of crossed that threshold. Um, it is a disappointing result. And I think they've suffered from uh, the sense of, uh, well, why would you do better than uh, Syriza in terms of you say you're against austerity, but so did they and they weren't able to um, deliver on it. Um, so the objective um, situation, as well as some of the um, the issues from uh, you know, uh, being formed so quickly and the lack of time to come up with a party program that, you know, uh, was the product of a very thoroughgoing debate that involved, you know, wide layers of the membership. Just picking up what you're saying there, Colleen, about the question of a thoroughgoing debate, a friend of mine described the events in Greece for much of this year as the fulcrum of world history. I mean, there's a whole uh, panoply of, of political lessons, if you like, to be drawn from what's happened with Syriza and the subsequent capitulation of Syriza to, to European capitalism with the acceptance of the austerity package, the so-called bailout, etc., etc. Uh, I mean, my goodness, uh, political scientists, historians will be studying what's happened in Greece this year for, for many years to come. I mean, it's a difficult thing to distill, really, but uh, I mean, what do you think are some of the broader lessons for for the left worldwide uh, from what's happened in Greece? Well, I think there are so many. Uh, one of the most important is one that I think actually your average person on the street uh, in Greece uh, would be pretty forthcoming about, which is that the European the leaders of the European Union are brutal and rule on behalf of the banks uh, and thought, and were willing to disregard uh, the democratic mandate of what a democratically elected government um, was elected to do. And that is a pretty damning indictment um, of the way that uh, the European Union operates. That was at odds with the strategy that the leadership around Cyprus uh, adopted from when it was elected uh, through to signing onto the agreement, which was to appeal to a, a, a better nature of the uh, European Union leaders uh, and to a, a spirit of a Europe of fairness and democracy and civilization that was found really not to exist. You know, it exists in people's minds and hopes, but not in terms of the political reality. And unfortunately, that illusion led Cyprus to a dead end. I think it also should serve as a lesson of the limits of being able to challenge austerity through 
taking um, through a left taking power. I, I think in terms of some of the far left uh, organisations that have formed throughout uh, Europe, like Dominica in Germany or Podemos in uh, in Spain, uh, Syriza represented uh, probably the most left wing in terms of its program, in terms of its roots among uh, the uh, the anti-capitalist left uh, and, and activists, uh, and yet in uh, in government, I don't think they lack sincerity, or most of them, uh, but uh, they face an onslaught from uh, the European leaders using every means at their disposal uh, from their control of the institutions of capital, basically. Um, the strangulation of the Greek financial system, um, really from the first weeks of Syriza's um, election, they never received a cent of the, uh, of the bailout money that was promised to them when they signed up to an initial agreement in February on February 20, for example, and then the strangulation um, only got tighter uh, as the negotiations um, wore on. I think that was financial um, blackmail, and uh, that is an extremely powerful lesson um, of the, the limitations um, of appealing to the better nature of the people who run our... Um, our world, uh, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the strategy of uh, of of just relying on parliamentary um, power is not enough. I think Cyprus uh, had an opportunity to continue the defiance and resistance that people displayed during the week of the referendum, um, where people knew that there was a real risk that uh, they could be kicked out of the eurozone. Uh, if they voted no, that is what they were hearing um, all week long, and yet they still did it. And uh, I think Syriza had an opportunity to build upon that resistance and defiance, uh, and they weren't prepared to carry the struggle through. And I think that uh, the, the new left for popular unity, um, that's really um, what they need to set their sights on.